this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another exciting podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and man, I'm all, I'm just always glad and thrilled to know that you guys join with me this week and next week and last week and been with me on this great journey. You know, we have so many thousands of people in this ministry that are part of our family. Many of you are on our Book of the Month program, getting my monthly book. Many of you I prophesy to monthly. Many of you are part of our affiliation program where you're, where you're sort of, you know, tied into the ministry under like this type of prayer covering. And I'm honored to know that, you know, each one of you come to us in the way you know you need to. Many of you like to learn through my teachings. Many of you like to read my books. Many of you like to learn, you know, get to know what God's saying to you through monthly prophecies. No matter how you come to us, I just want to say thank you for coming to us. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your life and anything I can feed into you to help you to really discover who you are and your power. Hey, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm all, I'm all ears and all mouth. <laughs> I don't mind talking and sharing, nor do I mind listening because I am here for you. You know, the kingdom of God is not built on me and God. It's me and God and people. Because the truth is, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. You know, caring for humanity is doing that unto God. You know, uh, caring for the underdog is doing that to God. Caring for minorities is doing that unto God. Caring it for people that we feel maybe uh, that don't like us is doing it unto God. Visiting people in prison is doing it unto God. See, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that you cannot be a pastor or a minister without being a humanitarian. Because it's, it's sort of like conflicting with your call because call your call is loving people your call is to serve humanity and serving God through humanity because it's made clear that if you feed the poor if you go visit someone in jail you know and, and it doesn't even say when you go visit someone in jail make sure they're God-fearing Christian no if they're atheist if they're Buddhist uh, who cares because the Bible makes it plain go and visit those in the jails now, do I care? Yes. My point being with that is I don't have an agenda to change you, to save you when I go visit you, feed you, or clothe you. My agenda is like the scripture says, just be the light. Be the light of the world as Christ is the light of the world. Be the light. Let your light so shine. Let your fruit go forth. Let your love that you see God towards you, let that same love extend out toward you to someone else. Be a light to people. Let God change the human heart how God sees the human heart needs to be changed, right? And that's why I just love each and every one of you because many of you are not so, you know, caught up in the performance, caught up in the religion, caught up in traditions of Christianity. No, you would rather just say, you can have all that. I just want to be able just to serve God. I want to be able to love people. And I want to be able to be a light and help encourage people and be positive and make people feel good today and bring them to a different place from depression to to joy in the Lord. That's the kingdom of God, folks, right? And with that being said, I have the best audience ever in the world. <laughs> you know, I really do because you guys are amazing and you're family. We're all family. We're all doing the same exact thing, but we're doing it by different means. How God called us to all do it in our lives, right? 
So as always, thank you for being a part of my life as I'm a part of your life. So today, I'm excited to talk to you guys about something that's really been burning in my heart recently. And it deals with called it deals with pride. So I'm going to call this podcast The Power of Pride. Because when we look at pride, here's how we see it. We tend to look from an outward external expression, which is this. Pride would say, oh, look. I'm so hot. Oh, look at my body. You know, I'm just, oh, I can do everything so good. I've got straight A's. I've got a bachelor's degree. You know, I'm just so this. It's, it's, and what would we say? We would say it's an I syndrome. It's a me, me, me syndrome. And that would be 100% true. But what if we looked at an internal point of pride of things that creep up like a snake that we don't pay attention to because we don't know how to label it. We sometimes we label pride the, with the word concerned. Oh, I'm so concerned. You know, and I'll give you some examples here. If I'd only been there for so-and-so, this would have happened. If I'd only called so-and-so, that would have never happened. Oh, that person would not have died if I just went to go visit them. And I'll tell you something from a, lit, from a good religious point of view, as far as in the biblical point of view, and that is this. Oh, they wouldn't have died if I'd have been there to pray for them. Oh, they wouldn't have, you know, done this if I, and, and, you know, have, had to, if I just would have called them. And even taking it to another extreme of people in religion, we're going to go the religious route between heaven and hell. And some people will say this, which really, really gets me because it's one of the highest levels of pride you can pretty much put your hand on. And that is this. Oh, they would have never died and gone to hell if I'd have just prayed for them. If I'd have just been there with them, they would have never died and go to hell. First of all, let me say this to you, okay? Hell's not what you think it is. In the sense of the judging part, I'm going to be honest, in the sense of judging part, where we judge as if we think we know people's heart, as if we know, and then we say, well, but they didn't talk the language. They didn't do what I do. Well, that's pride again manifesting out of you. You know, they didn't act like me. They didn't act like a Christian. So in other words, what you're saying is they didn't act like me. You know, and then judging their heart as if, as if we know their heart better than they know their heart. And then we begin to turn around as if we're playing God. So if you think about all this stuff, it goes back to a me syndrome. If I'd only been there, this wouldn't have happened. Oh, the blood is on my hands. And let me explain this to you. You have to look at your life and say this. Your life is not based on or built on feeling like that if you, that thank God you're in the world because with you being in the world, the world is safe because Wonder Woman's here. Superman is here. God said to decrease it, He can increase in you. And that means this. You've got to look at this and realize how is pride manifesting out of you? It's not because, oh, I'm so concerned for her. No, what you're saying is this most of the time. If I'd have been there, I would have changed her entire world. If I'd have been there, I would have changed that destiny. If I'd have been there, that company would have not, would, would, you know, would not have gone under. If I'd have just been there, they would have never gotten a fight. If I would have just been present, if I would have just been praying, as if you're the only person on planet Earth that prays, and obviously prays properly and correctly, right? So see, pride comes in so many different forms. I'll tell you some more things that pride comes in. Pride also comes in, in the, um, and the understanding where we, we, we get so self-absorbed where we never consider the fact of prophecy and spiritual giftings being a part of other people's lives when it deals with what if my giftings are not shown to this person? What will happen to them? What will happen to that person if I don't, here's the me syndrome again, I, I, if I don't prophesy to them? What will happen to them if I don't get, bring forth my gift of healing to them? I'll tell you what would happen. Their life would still happen. Their life would probably still go on. 
You have to come to the realization that the Bible destroys the power of pride in more ways than one. When it says, you know, pride cometh before a fall. It's interesting when you think of the fact that when someone is killed in a car wreck, we always tend to have that one person in the audience, in the family, that says, oh, if I would have just been there, this would have never happened. And you think to yourself, okay, in the place of death, you're going to turn it all back around on yourself. <laughs> because, see, pride always wants to bring it all back around to us. And what do we end up saying to those type of people? Oh, don't take it personal. Oh, it's not about you. You know, in the sense of, oh, you couldn't have done anything. That's what really, what we really want to say is, it's not all about you. But what we find ourselves, you know, saying is, oh, no, no, no. It's don't blame yourself. Don't blame yourself. The truth is, it doesn't center about you. If that person was going to die, they're going to die. Being honest about it. If that person was sick, they're probably still going to be sick. If, you know, if something happens to somebody and you automatically internalize it to say, it's my fault? No, hold on a minute. It, you know, let's leave I, 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 me, me, me out of the equation, okay? I thought the focus was upon them being sick. I thought the focus was upon them and, and you know, them passing away or the focus on them losing their job. You know, I've actually had, you know, uh, people tell me before, if I would have just stood up for her on her job, she would, she would have had that job. Nope. Hold on a minute. Stop right there. That's not, nope. Once again, don't turn it back around yourself. Life is not about us. Life is about people. Life is about them. I've learned in my life, life is not about me. It's about them. It's about those people. It's about, you know, we. It's about everyone in life. And if I and, and secondary, it's going to be about them in the sense of here's how I recognize recognize my life, and that is this: my life is about is about them. In other words, my life is about giving my life away to everyone else. Second of all, after that, then it's about we. We're all in the same boat together. Then third of all, it's going to be about me, because me always takes last place in the totem pole. And, you know, when it deals with humanity and God, why? It doesn't mean I don't take care of myself or I don't need, or I don't need to care for myself. It means that, you know what? I'm going to be perfectly fine because I know what to do for me. I know how to take care of myself. But in the midst of taking care of myself, don't lose my focus on focusing on everyone else. Because everyone else is the idea of realizing, you know what? I'm not your superhero. I'm not your savior. I can't be your personal prophet. I'm not your personal Jesus. I'm not your personal pastor. What I am is I'm a prophet who shares his life with humanity. That's what I am. I'm not your, you know, I'm not going to put myself in the place if I just had prophesied to her, this would never happen. Because once again, that comes out of pride. I want to keep my life where it's about, you know, Lord, if my footsteps are ordered by you, I have to trust you in knowing that my footsteps are ordered by you. And I have to work out my own salvation, fear and trembling, which basically means this, that I can't look at someone else and say, if something happens to them, oh, it's all about me. It's all my fault. As if I'm the superhero that could have saved the day. Because if I'm focusing on my salvation, that means focusing on my salvation means giving my life away. And not feeling as if that it's because of me that you did this. No. What happens is when I give my life away by working out my own salvation, that means I know my character is going to be focused on on their need and not me trying to be the superhero to make their life better. It's not going to be focused on the fact that if I don't tell them this, the blood's going to be upon my hands. Oh my God, I'm the chosen one. I'm the one God chose to do this. No. Come off your high horse. God's got hundreds and thousands of more people out there just like you.
Okay? And I'll tell you this because I'm saying all this to you guys because I want you to understand how pride manifests. Okay? Even sometimes with people, I've had many people that I've spoken with in sessions where it was the idea of, you know, oh, I'm, oh, I'm so ugly. Oh, I'm so ugly. You know, uh, I, you know, God, pray that God, you know, does something to my face. Pray that God, you know, that my blemishes will go away. Pray that, you know, my body starts losing the weight. You know, I understand that. Trust me. I, I honestly understand that we all want to look better because I do. I do want to look better for me. I, I'm not going to lie about it. We all want to look better. We all want to feel better about our lives. But when you focus so much on the on the exterior of the part of you that says, "Oh, you know, I just, oh, I'm so ugly. Oh, I'm so ugly." Notice what you're doing again. You're you're bringing it back around to you. I'm just see see see. Pride doesn't always say, "I'm beautiful. I'm awesome. I'm wonderful." Pride also reflects itself in ways where I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. I wish I could do this. Oh, I wish I could have a facelift. Oh my gosh, you know, I can't stand my body. Think about that, folks. We think pride is talking the positive about who we are. Pride doesn't care if you're saying you love yourself or you hate yourself. Now, there's a difference in, in woundedness and needing to be healed from past rejections and abandonments. And we give grace because, you know what, we have all been there, have we not? God knows I have. But when it deals with an obsession of constantly saying to yourself, oh, I'm so ugly. Oh my gosh, I wish I could do something with my face, my lips, my mouth. You know, part of my language, guys, you know, guys and gals. But, oh, I wish I could do something with my boobs. I wish I could do something with my butt. I wish I could do, you know, when we're constantly focusing, yes, I said that. Well, if you're constantly focusing on the me, whether we're putting ourselves down or wishing it looked better, or or saying that we are beautiful, or even saying how ugly and and ugh, I'm so nasty. Like, even that, it still is the issue where I'm bringing it my life back to about me. So, see, let me give you guys a great example that deals with the money. Okay, there's a you know when we read the scripture that says the love of money is the root of all evil. This will help you guys out understanding pride better. When we read that scripture, we realize that. It's a love of money is becomes the root of all evil. And yet we think to ourselves, 99% of humanity thinks this. Well, that's people who have a lot of money because that's all they want is money. They, they have money, so they won't want money. Okay? We get that. However, the Bible says this to even counteract that verse. It says, To he who has shall be given more. To he who has not shall be taken away. Now we might read that scripture and say, "Gosh, that sounds so cruel." What you're what you're saying, God, is for those who have, I'm gonna give them more. If you don't have anything, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna continue to have nothing at all. In fact, I'll, I'll take from you even when you don't have anything. What the verse is saying is, it's letting you know automatically the reason why people have money is because they know how to how to generate more money. They don't give up and during times of rejection and failure, they know the wisdom to know how to invest their money. So what he's saying is, to he who has. They know how to sustain that money and make more because they're wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. They have the wisdom to know how to be able to stand up and get up when they're when they're knocked down or a business fails because they understand the pro- the power of success. If I if this knocks me down, I'm not going to stay down. I'm going to get back up and fight because I am destined to have something and to be something. And they keep on doing that. That's what it means. And who has not shall be taken away means those who complain, those who don't have any money, those who don't have you know have anything maybe you know clothes on their back. 
fact, a lot of times, not all times, let me say this, let me stress this, not everyone, praise God, but to some, to a, to a lot of people, they look at that first of all, and they think to themselves, you know what? I'll never have anything. I'm going to stay in this deadbeat job because this is all, all I can. This is this is this is just life. This is what other people do. When it's not what everybody else does, some people come out of the matrix of of that of that box of thinking and say, I can do something. I can be something better. Are you with me? This is the this is these are the areas that Jesus was talking about when that scripture was was pointed out. Now then, when we talk about the love of money, let's get into that just for a quick moment because I want you to see something that you probably never saw before, and that is this: when we sit here and say, well, people have money, you know, uh, they want more money. They're they're the ones that have the love of money. They're the ones that are always you know uh, wanting more. So that's what that verse is talking about. Not necessarily, because what the verse is talking about is the love of money is the root of all evil. Did you guys know statistically that more people that are poverty-stricken, more people who don't have money, they focus on money more than even rich people do? Think about it. If I'm a rich person and I've got all this going on, I've got on all these businesses and all this is going on and that's going on, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, I just get in the flow. I get in the flow of just manufacturing. I get in the flow of investing. I get in the flow of flipping properties. I get in the flow of, of running my businesses. Then most of the time, not every time, but sometimes, I'm not going to focus on money because I've already got money and I know how to generate more of it. So I focus on sustaining my businesses to, to be sustained, sustainable to where the money just keeps on flowing in. And a lot of times, once again, this is not the rule of thumb for everyone who's rich or everyone who's poor. But but when it deals with a lot of people who are poor, their focus is this. I wish I had money to be able to, to buy my daughter a present. I wish I had that kind of shirt. I wish I could, afford, I could afford to shop at Macy's. I wish I could afford to shop at Bloomingdale's. I wish I had a new car. Gosh, if I wish so bad I could win the lottery. Let me ask you a question, folks. Is that not the love of money as well? See, loving something doesn't mean that you, you can love it only because you have it. Nine times out of ten, a lot of people love things that because they don't have it and wish they did have it. So, let's compare the two. So, does it mean that people who have money are the ones that, are, that the Scripture is targeting? Not at all. It's targeting anyone who's rich or poor who says, I wish I had more, I wish I had more, I wish I could afford this, I wish I could shop here, because it's always that place of wanting more money, and it becomes their idol. Your idol doesn't always mean you have to have the idol. Having the idol sometimes can mean that, yes, I have it, but an idol can also be something that you're, you're creating and crafting up in your mind to be real because you want it so bad as well. So, if we look at that, then we realize that that verse doesn't always talk about just people who have the money. It means they're the ones that focus on the money. But it means also the opposite for those who say, oh, I'm going to believe God, I wish I could win the lottery. Man, I wish I could afford to buy this castle. Man, I wish so bad I could afford to buy this shirt. Man, I wish I could afford to buy this car. Man, that's a nice car. I'm jealous. That's a nice Bronco. I wish I had that. You know. And so guess what? That is the love of money. Because that's all you think about. So when we look at pride, we think pride is the positive as well. Okay, positive representing, we'll say, the rich people. You know, oh man, you know, I'm so beautiful. Gosh, look at me, I'm amazing. Oh wow, I'm so successful. Versus, we'll say, the equivalent of the negative, we'll say equivalent to the poor. And that is, you know, oh, I'm so unworthy. Oh, I'm so ugly. Oh, I wish so bad. I'm so overweight. Oh, I'm so nasty looking. I wish so bad I could have this done. Because once again, it's still the same exact thing. It's just in reverse. And that is me, 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 me. So guess what? Both positive and negative is still focusing on what? You. 
Both positive and negative, negative are still focusing on, on um, the body. Or, or, or the part of me that I wish I had. Man, I wish I was wise. Man, I wish I was wise. Oh, I wish I was knowledgeable. Oh, I wish I was knowledgeable. Well, guess what? That still can stem out of pride because once again, you're still focusing on me, 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 me of what I wish I had, what I wish I had, what I wish I had, what I wish I had. Why? Why do you wish, why do you focus so much on those negative parts that you wish you had? Because you know you feel you would be more dominant or you could control more or you could have more or people would respect you more. But guess what? It's not always true, folks. Not always true. A lot of rich people, people don't like. A lot of happy people, people don't like. A lot of ministry people who love Jesus, people don't like. So it doesn't, so when you still focus on the negative, it's still equivalent to the positive because it's still pride focusing back upon me. So me, the pride of me doesn't always speak of what I already look like and what I already have. Pride of the, of the me syndrome, the I syndrome, still goes back to what I wish I looked like, what I wish I had, what I, 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 I wish I looked like, and I, I, I wish I had, and I, I wish, you see what I'm saying? So see, psychologically, pride is not, pride comes in any shape, form, and fashion. And so that's when we have to begin to look and say, is it wise to really focus on the external part of us of I wish I had versus I already have? I look great already or I wish I looked great already and focusing on that all the time. And there are tons of people who will say this, for lack of better words, that they feel unattractive or maybe they are unattractive. You know, just be honest and blunt in the natural, okay? But yet, what would make them beautiful and the eyes of everyone else is seeing that them see themselves as already being the beautiful part of God, already having what God has called them to have in their life, and that way they can destroy the 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 me syndrome, the idol in their brain, thinking I wish I had, I wish I had, I wish I had, of something that really is not going to cure anything or help out anything, especially if you're wounded. So a lot of times you have to look at your life and say, you know what? I don't need to focus so much on how good I look, bad or, 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 or good. I don't need to spend my life focusing on feeling as if I'm the Superman savior of the world and if I'd only been present, if I'd only done this, if I'd only done that, then guess what? Life for that person or that company or the situation or that church would have been different. We have to realize we're called on a mission to do what we're called to do, period. And no matter what that looks like, if it's small, if it's big, if it's talking to one person or a thousand people, here's what I always say, I'm just doing my job. I'm just being me. I'm just being me. I don't ever try to focus on, I want my audience bigger. I want my audience bigger. We need to get more people. We need to get more people. I need to, you know, I need a best-selling book. That's what I need. I need this because I'm so smart. Or I, you know, I don't focus on that kind of stuff. You know why? Because I'm, it's not of great necess necessity for me because I just do what Jeremy's called to do. Nothing more and nothing less. No wonder why the Bible says, you know, in the book of Revelation, do not add to or take away from this book. Because what it's saying is it's sustainable on its own. It doesn't need anything added to it. And there's nothing needs to be taken away from it. It's already perfect. It's already whole. It's already at peace. Okay? Nothing missing, nothing broken. So if you want to bypass pride, you've got to get into the, the place where you're understanding. You know what? All God is requiring for me to be in my life is just me, just love, just move in grace and mercy. And you know what? Be there when I can for people. Be there when I feel like God is, is share with me I should be present.
and not be there present thinking, I'm going to save your marriage, save the world, save you from your from death, save you from sickness, save you from this. No. You know what we have to do? Is, is serve humanity, not be the superhero. There's a difference in feeling like if I, that I, you know, being Superman versus serving. I don't need to be your Superman or feel as if that if I would have been present, your life would have been different. No, what I need to do is be a servant to say, you know what, I'm here to serve. Let me just serve you. Because whatever comes out of the servanthood mentality, that's between you and God. It's decreasing so much that God increases in me to where I walk away and I say, you know what, I did what I was supposed to do. And if I would have given anything more, it would have been under my, out of my own flesh, feeling as if that needed to be present when it doesn't. So here's what I want to say to you today. Don't add to or take away from who you are. Okay? You're, you're, you're the walking word right now. Don't feel as if that you, you're the Savior, you're the Superman. Don't get into the thing to say, if I would have only done that. No, you know what? Because our footsteps are ordered by God. Nothing more, nothing less. Don't add to or take away from, from that person's experience. This is the key thing I've realized in my life. I don't want to... Now, when I say add to someone's life, here's what I mean by that. I want to add to everyone's life. But I don't want to add to everyone's life my life. I don't want to add to everyone's life my wisdom and knowledge. What I want to do is I want to add just the flavor of what I know for me works. And what I know for me is makes, makes me happy. What I believe in my heart is what God wants me to do. I want to add that experience to you, but not tell you the path that I took because that path is the perfect path or that path is the right path. No, 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 no. It's right for me. Doesn't mean it's right for you. My experience should never be your experience. My way should never be your way. Right? Because you've got to, I, 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 my job as a minister is to never take away or add to your beautiful experience by putting my experience upon your experience or my knowledge on saying this is the way you should do it. My job is to let my light just shine and just be. You know what that verse means when it says, let your light so shine? It literally means just be. Just be the light. That's like just to shine. Just shine bright. Shine bright as you can, and just that's all you're required to do. My serving is to shine bright in my love and my grace and my mercy and my compassion and my hope. And you know what? If you want to ask me something of how my life turned out the way it is, hey, I'd be glad to tell you. That's my story, my te- my testimony. It caused me to overcome. But please don't copy me, because I, you know what? It will it will hurt you. Because you're not me. And plus, if I allow you to copy me and to say, this is the way you get your breakthrough. Because I know it. You know, this is what you should do to get your healing. Because I know it. That's pride for one, but for another, who am I to step upon the toes of an amazing, beautiful, authentic person like yourself? My job is to show forth the experience, the discipleship of teaching and sharing my life of, guess what happened to me today? Let me give you guys guys a great example before I close. When we talk about, you know, well, Christ sent him out two by two to disciple the world. What does that mean exactly? It means one of the biggest, strongest components, if you really truly read the original language, here's what it means. Disciple comes from the word discipline. 
Discipline. I'm disciplining. It doesn't mean, here's where people miss it. It doesn't mean I go and discipline you slash discipleship. I don't go and discipline you. My job in discipleship or discipling you means for me to tell my experience of my discipline for myself of what I've learned on the journey with me and my Heavenly Father and how I disciplined myself by the experience I am having of encountering the Lord. That's what I'm here to share with you. And sometimes we all tend to miss that, do we not? Because we think me discipling you means me telling you this is what you should do. Don't ever do this again. Don't ever, you know, you should do it this way. And there's seven steps to healing. And there's five steps to faith. And, and, and if you want salvation, do the Romans road to salvation. Here's your one step, two step, three step, four step. Because what I do is I'm saying this to you. I'm saying, let's take out the Holy Spirit. Just do these steps. Guess what? You can't do that. Because the Holy Spirit is what's needed. The Holy Spirit, here's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit comes in when you are sharing your disciplined Discipline ship life to someone to where you're let your lights are shine. And remember, scripture has to line up with scripture. Here, here's the key thing. Scripture lines up with scripture. So when we read that verse, you have to line it up with, with the other one. Let your light so shine. Ask and shall be given. Seek and you shall find. In other words, as I'm showing you my disciplined life of what he's done for me and how and how and what he's really helped me with to humble myself. Then I'm sharing with you my light, the power to be, that then it opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come in and say, imagine what I can do for you by him sharing his disciplined experience with you. And all of a sudden, guess what? The Holy Spirit rushes in there. Because my pride would love to say, hey, I know how to, I know how to get healed. I know exactly what you need. Bill, do you? Do you really? The only thing that we all need is God. And how we share God is letting us others know what how what is what is done within me and changed my life. And and sharing my my story means I'm sharing with you my decreasing ability to discipline what was disciplined about me that made me a better person. And let that light of my beingness will shine bright on you to show you what is your call? What is your story? What is your journey? Because my light is shining upon you. Are you with me? These are techniques that we have to begin to understand from a biblical point of view to keep ourselves free from pride and excuse me, pride and, and the me syndrome, the I syndrome. So I just want to give you guys food for thought today on, on this podcast. I want you to think this thing through. The main thing I want for every one of you is to truly be who God wants you to be. Be authentic, be original, be genuine. But also, be the person that you know you should be by just shining bright. The power to be has helped me to help other people more than anything in my life. Rather than me saying, I'm going to give you five steps to breakthrough. This is what happened to me in heaven, and I'm going to share with you exactly how it happened, so therefore it'll happen to you. No, 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 no. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin an experience for you. And if it's not like, likened unto my experience, then that means it's got to be wrong. No. Gosh, no. Lord help me, Jesus. No. My job is to show you my disciplined life of what 
He has done in me to humble me, to bring me to the place of my life radically changed. And this is how it did for me. And then bring forth a teaching to say, what is it happen? What's happening to you? Let's line, let's line, let's line another verse with all these verses I've been giving you guys. Another verse is what? Peter, you're among the disciples. Hey, who do you say that I am? Why didn't Jesus, Jesus, in fact, you know, it's interesting to me. Let me say this to you guys. It's interesting to me how Jesus never said, okay, guys, here's a, here's a deal. Okay. I'm the son of God. Okay. Is that's going to be? That's what's going to happen. And, and, and if you want your, your three steps, I'm going to tell you right now, get your pen and paper out. This, these are your three steps here to salvation. But yet he just spontaneously gave four different directions. Sell all you have to the poor. You know, you know, can be be born again? Can I get my mother's womb? You know, I, oh, you know, you got so many different ways here because God respect Jesus respected people to say, no, 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 you're missing the point. I want you to have an experience of me that will create a brand new experience for yourself and your life to where you have your your own authentic story of what me and my spirit have done within your life. But yet he looks at Peter when he should have said, Peter, uh, here's, here, here's, a, here's a plan, dude. I'm the Son of God, okay? So repeat after me, I'm the Son of God, okay? Let me just get you a memorization here, Peter. He never did. He said, Peter, who do you say that I am? You, you tell me through your own words, by your own experience you've had, tell me who I am to you. And Peter did that. He never said, that's right, I'm the Son of God, don't you forget it. Peter is the one that says, you're the Son of God. And I love that because Jesus always put it back into, into the religious people's lap. Always put it back into the hungry people's lap. He always put it back and gave them in their lap to say, you tell me. That's a key thing of the kingdom. Why? Because it strips us of the pride completely. I love this about the scriptures. So I really hope and pray this helps you, every one of you out today to just re-examine your life, re-examine your thinking and quit thinking like, oh my God, I, I, I'm carrying the weight of the world upon my shoulders. It's all up to me. No, actually, it's not all up to you. It's, a, it's all up to all of us. All of us just to shine bright to where we blind the darkness. I love this. That's what light does. Light just sort of blinds the darkness. No warfare, no fight blinds of darkness. If people would focus more on being their authentic, real self of the set-free part of them that God's made them to be, by being the light, the world would change automatically. Think about it. The world would change. But instead, we have people telling everyone what to do. This person should be president. This is how churches run. This is how you should think. This is how you should pray. We have more people politically who have walked away, which they don't realize it, they've walked away from the from being a Bible teacher, a Bible prophet, to being more political. You know, and maybe it's because they want their ministries more popular. I don't know. It's none of my business. I'm just saying that we've got to get back to the place of realizing if we just let our light shine, darkness would be blinded by the light. There's an old song in the 80s, you know, blinded by the light. Have you heard that? You know, it, it's true. I mean, the light would just blind the darkness and people would have faith again in Christianity. People would respect Christianity. People would love the fact that we are such lovers of people that we just want to be the light. 
the world would radically change then because that, my friend, would open up the red carpet for the Holy Spirit to say, thank you, now let me come in and do my job because you've tried to run the government and the presidents and your families and people and churches. You, you try to run, run their lives so long by telling them what the, how they should think and how they should live and how they should act and you've basically shut me out. And the truth is, if we talk about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say that's probably borderline the most blasphemous thing we could do to the Holy Spirit is we shut Him out because we feel He doesn't do a good enough job. We can do it better. Let's just take over the world, take over the thoughts of people, tell everybody how to think, tell everybody how to vote, tell everybody what to do, tell everybody what kind of church to go to, what's a good church versus a bad church. And what happens is we just say, Holy Spirit, you just, you're not capable of doing your job. Let me take over. When the whole time the Holy Spirit says, if you just decrease, let me in, be the light, I can radically change the world. So I say today, you know, of anything that we've done wrong, Holy Spirit, forgive us. We want you to run the show, not our pride. Not our three steps and our five, step, five steps to this. I like what Paul said. Paul never went to the third heaven and came back and said, Guys, this is what happened to me. I'm going to teach you how, 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 how you can do it. We are so, I see that in the prophetic move so much where it, it sickens my heart because we see things today that we do that they never did in scriptures. And, and the truth be told, Paul was amazed when he went up. He couldn't even utter things he saw and did. And nowadays it's just so much like everyday process for people and then we try to teach people our experience and we just run out the Holy Spirit. We just say, take a hike. I'm doing the job now because I've learned the steps. You know, Jesus says, you know what? One person I'm going to use spit and mud. Hey, the other person, I'm going, to, I'm going to do it this way. The other person, I'm going to do it this way. Even Jesus was authentic in his healing, but we feel like we have it down pat of how to go to heaven, how to visit God, how to, how to visit the heavens, how to get, how to get well, how to have faith. And yet the whole time we, we just bypass the Holy Spirit to say, can I please do my job? Can I please do my job? And I believe that's all God wants from us. It's just let me do my job. And you guys just be a shining light and learn to be disciplined in your own life. Because right now, folks, we've got more pride in the earth of people who want to tell us how to run the, how to run the, run the show. That's not the way of Christianity. That's dictatorship. And, and Christianity, the last thing we need in Christianity is to learn how to be a dictator. We need to learn to say, I decrease. That God, you increase. You run the show. You do what you want to do. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. I know it's a little different for me today from some of the other podcasts, but I just it was just really heavy on my heart. I wanted to share, share this with each one of you. But hopefully that will set you free a little bit more to help you gain a little bit more of that Christ-like mind to say, maybe there is some hope of some things I could change in my life. you know. And I ask the Holy Spirit just to show you what needs to be changed. I do that every single day of my life. What is it that I need to be that needs to be changed in me today? Alright? And I always say this when I close. If you don't like your day, hey, go and change it. Go and change it. Think some positive thoughts today. And when you do, your life will turn out from the positive mind of Christ that's inside of you that way. God bless. Have a great day. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.